you're listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration, a podcast dedicated to helping software executives stay on the cutting edge of sales and marketing in their industry. Let's get into the show. Hi, welcome to B2B Revenue Acceleration. My name is Aurélien Mottier, and I'm here today with Gilly Netzer from Illusive Networks. How are you today, Gilly? Hey, Ray. I'm great. Thank you for inviting me. No problem. It's an absolute pleasure. So today we will be talking about the evolution of marketing in cybersecurity. But before we go into details, can you please tell us a little bit more about you, your marketing journey within the B2B cybersecurity market, and your experience within that market? Sure. So I actually have been doing marketing in the security space for the last almost 20 years with startups and also with technology corporates. I started with a company called Elbit. It's an international technology company with defense, homeland security and commercial programs, including C4ISR, which is command, control, communication, computers, intelligence and surveillance. And then I worked at Finjan, which is a startup that offered a secure web gateway solution. From there, I moved to M-Systems, which is a flash storage solution company that was acquired by the leader in the space called SanDisk. It's an American uh, company. Mm -hmm. And although it's in the storage uh, company, I did work at the mobile security solutions group. So security again. Up to that point, the majority of my focus uh, as a marketeer was the traditional marketing, like product design, packaging, user interface of the solution, events, conferences, public relations, website, content, and, and so on. Okay, That's, that sounds wonderful. Something that interests me then and is the 20 years experience in the cybersecurity market and, and the fact that you, you've been obviously working from different companies as well. So I'd like to understand from your perspective what you've seen or where you have seen the market evolving and, and where, where are the major changes that you've witnessed from a marketing perspective in the cybersecurity market? Yeah, that's a good question. So from a marketing perspective, around 10 plus years ago, the marketing took a shift, you know, from the traditional marketing I was telling you about into playing a bigger role from a business perspective, working together with sales to generate pipeline and revenues. So with that, new systems were introduced into marketing from Salesforce, that was used up to that point by salespeople through marketing automation tools like Eloqua, Marketo, HubSpot, of course, more digital content, content syndication and so on. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the switch for me started in my episode with the Sandisk, but mostly it was in my time with Symantec. So after Sandisk, I started working for Symantec. I was there for eight years. So that's, you know, a huge software company. At the time when I joined, it was 20,000 people. Wow. And um, actually, they were a combination because they bought a lot of companies throughout the years. One of them was Veritas, which is a storage and disaster recovery company. Yep. But then half of the portfolio was security. We're talking about you know hundreds of products that Semantic is offering. And so my career and knowledge evolved a lot with that company and with the business. So for the last two years with Elusive as a VP marketing, I was back to the startup environment, doing everything from strategy to execution. Um, Now, getting to the other part of your question, from a technology perspective, there has been a lot of changes, but I choose to refer to the changes which were imposed due to the increased connectivity in the past few decades. So about 20 years ago, the connectivity started to rise, you know, with the introduction of cell phones, internet, satellite, and so on. A few years later, connectivity became even more advanced with Wi-Fi, smartphones, social media, online shops, and so on. 
And yeah. so these connectivity advancements brought with them a lot of great things like progress and productivity for businesses and for the people. However, it started creating security gaps which attackers could exploit and continue to exploit. And so in the past decade, uh, simple connectivity became more hyper and cross-connected with the introduction of cloud, SaaS, BYOD, the attack surface expands as businesses choose, you know, choose to be agile, <laughs> have to be agile and innovate. And so they adapt they adopt new technologies of connectivity. So at the end of the day, attackers leverage these increasing security gaps due to connectivity and the attacks become more advanced throughout the years as the organizations adapt this technology transformation. And so also strong hacking tools were and are exposed through the years And so they allow even the lower level attackers to execute sophisticated attacks. And so organizations have to bridge the gaps with cyber investments. And this, you know, this is what I've been seeing in in the last few years. I think that's really interesting from a marketing perspective, personally, because as you just described very well, in a very simple way, but I liked it because it was very, uh, very articulate. The cybersecurity market has been evolving. And I think what I've witnessed from my perspective is that new solutions are coming to solve problems that people have not had yet. So it's almost like an right. insurance or a prevention for something that may potentially happen. And I think from a marketing perspective, from doing the marketeer role, you almost have to, you know, it, it's a different way of selling. It's a, when you add Symantec and they have maybe 100 products, but a good part of them may be commodity product. People may, you know, it's about PI, it's about people being able able to find you. When you are actually leading with new solutions, trying to be on the edge of that that market, trying to be innovator in that market, then you have almost to create your own market. So from a marketing perspective, and and it's maybe also a very simple question, and not the most elaborate, but I'll go with it again. But would you think is driving the marketing strategies to engage with the market? Is Is it actually the marketeer? that needs to find new tactics to create demands around new solution? Or is it the buyer, the actual end user that, you know, as you mentioned, everything goes digital. People are telling us that we hear from the like of Gartner, Sears, Decision, and all those people at customers are doing more and more research online before buying something. But again, if you are selling them cybersecurity and a solution that they may not know about, because it's, it's not a problem that they've experienced yet. You can't expect them to find you online or do a research online. So I guess my question is, when you are into that innovative part and creating the demand, do you have to adapt to the, the customers or do you have to create your own tactic as a marketer to, to go and find them? I think, you know, at, at the end of the day, and I'm not sure if it's answering your question, the cybersecurity market has become very, very crowded with a lot of companies. And like you said, innovation that needs to bridge the gap of what, you know, the technology has created. And we need to find a creative way to break through the noise, right? And to get yeah. the attention. So... With all those companies, cyber companies and startups offering a great variety of solutions, and they, by the way, they cater to the different attack lifecycle stages, you know, from prevention to preemption, detection and response. We are all fighting. We, I mean, the vendors or, you know, we are all fighting for the customers' budgets and attention. Um, but we have to, to remember that there are different stakeholders for the different solutions, depending on the industries and the segments. I think there are a few things to think about, to name a few key ones, right, in the short time that we have. 
So one thing, of course, what is, the, what is your go-to-market strategy? For example, do you do through-the-channel partnerships or direct right sales and marketing? Uh, there are many other go-to-market decisions to make, but this is a completely different maybe episode with you. But then another consideration to make in your journey to, to get the attention of the customer, then who is your ideal customer profile and what are the functions who play decision-making or in even influential or functional roles that you need to interact with and, and how. And so then you need to make sure that you are clear, not just on your customer or the ideal customer profile, but also on the use cases and the challenges, and then optimize your company's messaging to be balanced between the solution features and the benefits that they pose to the different use cases. Mm-hmm. I would say the next step is, you know, really rolling up your sleeves with, you know, tactics and execution that aim to get the attention of your customer and at the right time. I think the context for me is a combination of the use case and the timing. So you need to be there in the right context, in the right time, and with the right, uh, let's say, solution for the use case uh, at stake. And for me, the key is to deploy a combination of tactics into a multi-touch approach from leadership with speaking engagements, I mean, thought leadership, with speaking engagements, articles, analyst relations, blogs, white papers, all of that kind of stuff, through demand generation with conferences, events, appointment setting, with BDRs, you know, companies such as yourself that offer such services, content syndication programs, and more on the digital side, like advertisements, social posts, engagements, uh, different amplifications, by the way, Today, I think you can see more and more, and I, I believe Gartner was mentioning that as well. They see 25% of the marketing budget going towards the email ads, organic search, you know, SEO, social, and so on. That's a really important pillar in your plan. And, and finally, also, not just the thought leadership and the demand generation, but also pipeline acceleration is also very key because often you can see a situation where marketeers create a lot of leads but then there is an even convert them into appointments and, and early stage opportunities. But then the challenge will be to convert the early stage opportunity to the next stage and the next stage, seeing them going up the pipe. So pipeline acceleration, whether it's with customer references or ABM programs, you know, targeting specific accounts. That, that's in a nutshell, I guess. Yeah, no, but that's, that's very useful. I think yeah. so, so to answer your question, you, you have answered my question. I guess the only element that I would add to that is... Uh, or the question I would ask you is how much of the tactics, so, so without going into the details, but how much of the tactics are, are kind of trial and measure versus, you know, tactics that are actually, you're replicating something from another company or from something that you've done in the past? Because we, we're talking about evolving. So with evolvement, with evolution, I'm expecting a constant change. So how do you, as a marketer, adapt your tactic? Is it just about measuring the results of each campaign? Is it about listening to people like Gartner and going to their events and, and picking up ideas, how do you evolve with the market and how do you make sure that your tactics are evolving with not only the cybersecurity market, the way buyers are interacting, et cetera, et cetera. And also what we, we mentioned, the, the crowded market. So you need to be a bit different. So I'm interested to understand how you've, without going into the details, but how you have been able over the years to always keep on your toes and evolving with that market evolving yeah. around you. So it's been different depending on the company that you work with. So, you know, clearly it's very different from a corporate to a startup, but even within a startup, 
It depends if you are in a very early stage startup where the category is still not defined or whether you are in a later stage startup when the category is defined, customers are allocating budgets, analysts are already talking about the company and so on and so forth. This really makes a difference for one, the tactics that you deploy, two, how you measure them and then how you evolve. As an example, you know, a very early stage startup that doesn't have any any relationships with prospects, customers, maybe it's even a very new category of technology. Yep. I imagine the majority of the investment will, will be, uh, you know, one on the PR and analyst relations. But secondly, if you want to generate demand, if you want to collect contacts in order to do some digital marketing, especially today in the age of GDPR, you can't just, you know, buy lists and market to them. So what you usually would be doing a lot is going where the customers already are because they will not come to you. So you go and you spend a lot of money on events and conference sponsorships because the market is already there. So you just pay for a booth and pay to be on stage. And then when you are there physically and, and all the crowd is around there, whether you, you know, whether you sponsor Info Security in Europe or RSA or any other smaller activity in any country, then you go to where the customers are. Once you obtain, you know, stronger relationships, more thought leadership and awareness in the market and relationships possibly also with channel and with other partners, then you have more flexibility on what you can do. Clearly, clearly you also will invest in, you know, in SEO for organic. So people will, will find you when they search Google for the related topics. But as time evolves, and your company evolves with you, you can look at additional tactics within the marketing so that your demand generation will not only come from these conferences and events, but ideally from a variety of different tactics, as I mentioned before, in sort of like almost an equal way. So you're not only dependent on one thing. You can do content syndication. You can create a lot of content. You can do appointment setting. You can do ABM. But going back to how I started, it really depends on the startup on yeah. the industry, on the, on the category, if it exists, and really on the stage of the startup. But of course, today, in today's world, you always have to be data-driven, numbers-driven, check what brings you most profitability, each campaign, each expense, and understand, you know, for one company, webinars will work. For another, they will not work. Sure. So also the customer, also the customer many times will, will be the difference of what you choose to do. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think... I think to your point as well, the, the smaller the organization, the closer you will be to the founders, the closer you will be with the, the people who actually spend the money, and the more likely you are to be able to report on return and, and making sure that, you know, if it, even if you've got a tactic that will take a little bit of time to really develop and generate opportunities and, and deals and, and revenue mm -hmm. for the sales team, you are more likely to be scrutinized in a, in a small organization than a large one. Having said that, we've got some mm -hmm. very large customers that scrutinize things quite a lot, which is really good on them because this is the way it would work. So thanks for that, Julia. I really appreciate your time and, and insight on the, on the question today. I think it was really useful to, to get your views and you mentioned definitely some very interesting point, which kind of led me to the question of if someone wants to get in touch with you, so someone from our audience, we've got a few of our listeners who are keen to carry on the conversation, if you will, beyond the podcast or add you to their networks or whatever. What is the best way to get hold of you, Gillian, to find you? The best way would be on LinkedIn. Anyone can get in touch with me and I'll be happy to, to chat and to help. And thank you, of course, Ray, for inviting me to this episode. I was very happy to participate. 
Many thanks for your time. It was great having you on the show today. Operatics has redefined the meaning of revenue generation for technology companies worldwide. While the traditional concepts of building and managing inside sales teams in-house has existed for many years, companies are struggling with a lack of focus, agility, and scale required in today's fast and complex world of enterprise technology sales. See how Operatics can help your company accelerate pipeline at operatics.net. You've been listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.